Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, happy holidays, everybody. Oh, yes, it's that time of year. Uh, Today's show, we're going to talk about the Consumer Technology Association and the Consumer Electronics Trade Show that's coming up. And that's in the first few segments. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to talk to a gentleman that wrote a book. What if Jesus were a coach? A life coach, that is. So that'll be fun. So my first guest is Karen Chupka. She is executive vice president of CES for the Consumer Technology Association, the U.S. Trade Association, representing more than 2,200 consumer technology companies which owns and produces CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, the global stage of innovation. Hi, Karen. How you doing? I'm good, Alan. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's going to be a fun show because, well, first of all, I'm going to have you give me a window into the Consumer Electronics Association trade show because I'm not going to be there this year for the first time in, oh, forever, because uh, as I told you before we get started, my son's wife is about to have a baby and its due date is January 5th. So we figure it's either going to be right on time or a couple of days late. If it's a couple of days early, maybe I'll show up. But January 5 through 8 is the uh, Consumer Electronics Show returning to Las Vegas with 1,900, more than 1,900 exhibitors. But more importantly... Because I have yet to go, and I, I feel bad, so I, I reached out to our friend Pam over there at uh, CES and said, could you have someone talk to me about the entrepreneur world of Eureka Park, which features startups from more than 34 countries demonstrating technologies and products. So tell us a little bit, if you would, about Eureka Park for those who are listening. Absolutely. So Eureka Park is our area of CES that's dedicated to startups. And, you know, the thing that makes this area so special is that we get startups from all over the world. As you mentioned, there's over 34 countries that are represented this year, and uh, we're expecting over 800 startups to come to CES for 2022. Wow. And, you know, one of the exciting things about it is... It's not only entrepreneurs from all over the world, but some of um, some of the areas within Eureka Park also showcase university innovations as well. So oh, nice. uh, sometimes it's also um, coming to see some of you know what engineers are working on for the future that uh, that startups can even use to help grow their business. So uh, just a lot of different ways that that people get to experience Eureka Park. I love it. I was talking actually to um, I'm kind of a gearhead car guy. And I was talking to Kyle Petty, who's the son of Richard Petty, the king of NASCAR. And he's a, um, oh, he's a commentator on, I think, MSNBC or NBC or wherever it is. But we were talking about how NASCAR has changed so much. And, you know, here we are in this time of technology. And I said, what do you think, Kyle? What do you think? You've seen your grandfather, Lee Petty, and then your father, Richard Petty, and you've raced in it, your children. I mean, this guy, his whole life in the, in the car world. And he says, you know what? I think it's the most exciting time in the history of the sport. And I was like, what? Because, I mean, there's gearhead guys that, you know, love to hear the rumble of engines. And then all of a sudden, well, the future could be electric cars in NASCAR, right? So 
I think that it is an exciting time. It's scary to some, but entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and thank you for doing this with Eureka Park and all the startups. To me, they are going to really wow the world with technology and innovation. I believe that. What do you think, Karen? Oh, I absolutely believe that. And, you know, it's interesting because when you walk in that area of the show, there's just always so much energy and excitement. And it's so packed because everybody comes there because they kind of want to see, you know, what, what entrepreneurs are working on, what business ideas are there. And, and in a lot of ways, they want to come there and, and, um, you know, invest in, in the companies as well. But, you know, it's interesting you talk about cars because one of the things that we have at CES this year is the India Autonomous Challenge. And uh, this is a group of 10 teams of engineering students from all over the world who have basically been working on building the fastest autonomous race cars. And they raced these cars at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in October oh, with, wow. um, with records of over 130 miles an hour. Uh, so these are totally driverless cars. Wow. And they're going to be bringing those cars to CES on January 7th at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And they're actually going to raise some head-to-head competitions uh, for uh, maneuvering. So, I love uh, really exciting because you know, again, this is this is a, another way of, of of looking at entrepreneurship. Which these are all just you know university teams that are that oh, yeah. are working on this and collaborating and really learning from each other as to how to make um, autonomous driving safer and, and even faster. All right, hang tight. By the way, about five years ago, Mario Andretti said, "One day." The racing world will be wowed when the race car will be driverless and when the, the car that wins, the the software engineer will be the one that stands up and accepts the, <laughs> the uh, you know, the trophy. Everybody, Mario Andretti said that. We'll take a break. Talking with Char- uh, Karen Chupka. She is executive vice president and talking about the Consumer Electronics Show coming up. We'll be right back. It is Entrepreneur Weekly. Well, you're listening to Entrepreneur Radio. Entrepreneur Magazine is on newsstands everywhere. And our website, of course, accessible 24-7, 365, anywhere, including from the moon, entrepreneur.com. Um, Karen Chupka is joining us, Executive Vice President for the Consumer Technology Association, CTA.tech on the web. And the Consumer Electronics Show is coming back to Las Vegas, January 5 through 8. And there's going to be more than 1,900 exhibitors. I've gone for decades. And uh, this is the first time I'm missing it again. I'm, I'm sad because I love it. Love it. Love the people, Karen, by the way. The team of CES people from the CTA are just great people. I've just, I got to tell you, I go to trade shows all over the doggone world. And I just really love the people from CES. They're just always just helpful. Everybody's friendly. I don't know what it is. Maybe because they're in a fun industry. We were talking a little bit about Eureka Park, which is, well, they, that features startups, basically. 800 startups, entrepreneurs. But I was at the the consumer electronics show for the auto industry because that that's the other show I do is a car show because I'm a gearhead. 
And at SEMA, the Specialty Equipment Market Association trade show, there was not as many people from other countries around the world. And I was like kind of surprised. What are your thoughts on that? Because you guys have 34 countries coming. It's, it's amazing. Yes, we um, well, we happen to be lucky that the uh, international borders opened to international travelers on November eighth, and oh. and SEMA uh, uh, was held prior to that. Right. So it was hard for international attendees to come to the United States prior to that. Oh. Um, but you know, we're lucky because the flight started and and the U.S. started accepting uh, travelers again on November eighth, and uh, I have to say that. The world is excited to get back to coming to events like CES, where entrepreneurs from all over the world can finally come together and gather and uh, and learn an experience from each other. So, countries like, give us an example of the ones that, that are that are coming. I'm just curious. Sure. So we actually have easy ones like Canada, or our friends to the north. But right. then we have we have groups from France. We have Great Britain, Northern Ireland, Israel, Turkey, Italy, Morocco. Netherlands, Spain, Switzerland, Ukraine, Belgium, wow. South Korea, Hong Kong, Japan, Taiwan, wow. and even Thailand. Wow. So a good variety of countries. <laughs> is there an area of this world where the consumer electronics is the strongest, would you say? Do you think it's like um, Asia, I would guess? You know, I mean, I... I I, I think that's an interesting question. I mean, I think right now, when you when you just look at how technology is so, you know, is just in every everybody's lives at this part. I would say it's probably in most continents because when you when you're traveling, you know, whether it be U.S., Europe, or Asia, I think all three of those, especially all three of those regions, are really tech savvy and really looking at looking at ways that technology can help problem you know help problem solve for the future as well. Yeah. yeah. I, a couple wrote down here, Turkey, Morocco, Netherlands. Netherlands. I, yeah. Yes, actually, they're bringing one of their biggest delegations to CES at 2022. So we're, we're excited to welcome them back. Huh. Wow. Wowzer. Back to uh, Eureka Park for a minute. It's not in the same Las Vegas Convention Center, is it this year? Or is, I should say, or is it? It is. It's actually, uh, so we're using the Venetian Expo, which uh, was renamed. It, it, it had been called the Sands Expo, but it was renamed earlier this year. And uh, it's actually in the same location that it's been. I think this is, I think it's almost our sixth year now hosting Eureka Park. Okay. And uh, so it is, it is uh, it's in the same location. And, you know, we have a lot of great companies and a lot of great uh, entrepreneurs on tap to, okay. uh, to showcase their new technologies. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to have one more segment with you, if you don't mind. Um, get your highlights of the Consumer Electronics Show. Again, coming up January 5th through 8th in Las Vegas and Eureka Park for you entrepreneurs and startups. We're going to take a little break, come back with more of the Executive Vice President of the Consumer Technology Association. Stay with us. Discover unstoppable industry influencers who celebrate disruptive thinking and game-changing business strategies on Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. I believe you could find those same type of people 
at the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, CES. And if you go over to Eureka Park, uh, they will feature innovation and uh, lots of beautiful technology and products from startups from over 34 countries. Uh, I think it's just awesome. Karen Chepka is joining us, Executive Vice President uh, for CES and the Consumer Technology Association. Karen, I got to just tell you a story. Years ago, it was probably five years ago, I was looking for my eldest son, who's at the time he was about 30, I'm going to say. And so I called him. He didn't answer his phone. And I was doing a radio show at the Consumer Electronics Show there. And and he was my producer and I needed him. And finally, he calls me back. And I go, where were you? I needed this, this cable or something I was looking for. He said, I was playing ping pong against a computer. This, and it, Literally, they have a giant machine that will play ping pong against you. And this was like five years ago. It was amazing. It absolutely was amazing. So technology, right? Yes, and I think that was maybe powered by one of, like, Watson or something, as yeah, I recall. Yeah, so, yes, there yeah. was an AI component to that, as I recall. <laughs> right. I mean, to tell you, what we... You know, what we think of when we think of, you know, you know, I, I guess I could say walkie talkies for me. I'm old enough to remember thinking, man, if we could get walkie talkies for Christmas, dude, we'd have it made. And today <laughs> we all have pretty nice walkie talkies that we walk around with our, you know, in our pockets that'll also navigate you. That'll, you know, help you find out anything under the sun with a, a Google or any kind of search engine. I mean, what used to be Star Trek beam me up, Scotty. I think we're coming close to that. So maybe you could give us some highlights of the fun stuff that people will find at the Consumer Electronics Show if they're able to go. Absolutely. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about Eureka Park, but we also have some interesting new areas this year that are new for CES. And so one of them is out of this world, and that's called the space tech area. Mm. And so this is a new category for us at CES 2022. And we have several companies that are looking at, you know, opportunities in space. And one is Sierra Spaceplane, which is actually just tapped into by NASA to help deliver goods to the International Space Station. Uh, And then we have another company that is basically able to show how zero gravity works. So there's some interesting things happening from the space world now. And uh, kind of another new and emerging area is in food technology. So everything from helping sustainable planting and, and farming to also huge John Deere tractors that could go and just put the tiniest amounts of, or uses AI to understand which plant needs the tiniest amounts of water to make sure that they're growing properly and also not using extra water that, you know, that, that is such a, you know, such an important resource for many parts of the world that don't have water. So Amazing. I uh, love all it. kinds of interesting technology that we get to see and experience each year. Mm. So space tech, is it a big area? It's actually a couple. We have we have an area where there's a, a few exhibitors, but then we also have companies like Canon, Sierra, who actually has to have outdoor exhibits because of um, what they're bringing into the show. So there's probably about six or seven companies that will be showcasing space technology and then some of the larger companies who have it as a part of their booth. So this is kind of a, a beginning area for us for CES. Hmm. I will tell you that for years... The big thing everybody wanted to know about was, what's the new television, (laughs) right? (laughs) And you know what's amazing is there will be AK televisions that will still blow your mind when you walk in and see them. And they are still, um, I was talking earlier this week to some folks and said, every year I come out of CES 
thinking, I need a new TV. And and every time I think there cannot be a TV that is prettier than what I just saw. Right. And every year I'm I'm blown away at the quality and what they you know, what TVs can do and just and how immersive they make you feel now yeah. when you're um when you're watching them. Well you know it's funny if you walk into Costco anymore and the first thing they do is put those big giant TVs right in the front and you're like, oh my gosh, I could be in, you know, anywhere in the world right now standing <laughs> in front of this. They are amazing. Eight K. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Eight K. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and then what goes along with that was you said, you know, Canon, right? The camera world. From the, the little phones we have in our hands that take better photographs today than, you know, a couple of decades you could do with the best cameras, everything is just getting better. Well, and at Canon's an interesting story because a couple of years ago, they actually changed how they come and participate in CES. And so what they actually do now is they have a lot of great patents and they want to work with startups and they want Ooh. to um, help, you know, help startups bring new technologies to market. And so... They actually also use CES as a way to help find entrepreneurs and startups that want to use Canon-type technologies that they have patented it. So they actually did something that was, you know, uh, welcoming to startups and have had such success with that that they continue to do that each year. And they look at ways that they could uh, expand and grow their business through, you know, aligning and, and partnering with startups. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I will continue uh, through our friend Pam and the Consumer Technology Association to um, interview folks from the Consumer Electronics Show and tell the world about Eureka Park for startups, 800 startups going this year. It is January 5 through 8 at the Las Vegas Convention Center and, and the Old Sands for, uh, for the Eureka Park part of the whole thing, but it's, you'll find it's all over Las Vegas. Um, Karen Jumpka, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. It was fun to talk with you. Yes, it's always fun. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Michael Taylor, who says he has a new book, What If Jesus Were a Coach, a Life Coach. That's an interesting twist. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The Maloof Foundation is confronting this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But this cause can't be won alone. Learn how you can join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, separated at birth, um, another gentleman named Taylor. This is my brother from another mother, Michael Taylor. We're the same age and everything. I was born in Houston. He lives in Houston. Um, my brother. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to connect with brothers from other mothers. That's right. That's right. You are a prolific writer. You are an author of 10 books, a motivational speaker. You have like three podcasts. 
you've been on a 25-year journey to find out your own truth about God. And so your most recent book is What If Jesus Were a Coach, a Life Coach? And a lot of people are looking at life differently when they have a life coach and a business coach. And I think it's awesome. But you also wrote a book. And, and so you, you blend it all together, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Hold on if I can get this screen to go down. Here we go. The New Face of Entrepreneurship. So can I start there? And because of the, the reason for the season, we'll talk about Jesus and that book, What If Jesus Were a Coach, second. But let's talk about this, The New Face of Entrepreneurship. I would love to hear about that. And then people can go to your website, coachmichaeltaylor.com, very easy, and find out more about you and all your books and your podcasts and all the stuff. Very full website of information. Let's talk about The New Face of Entrepreneurship. Talk about the book and your, your premise here. Well, first of all, I've known since I was 10 years old that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I actually started my first company when I was 14 years old. Awesome. And when I was, when I was in high school, I had three different companies. I was a DJ. I installed car stereos. And I had like a janitorial company. So I was always doing something. So I've always had this dream of being an entrepreneur. Well, I had climbed the corporate ladder and was living the American dream at the age of 23. And then I lost it all. I went to a divorce, a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, a deep state of depression. Ooh. And I was actually homeless for two years living out of my car. Wow. But I held on this dream to be an entrepreneur. And so fortunately, I was able to rebuild my life. And in doing so, I said, you know, I want to share the lessons that I've learned over the last 20 years or so with others to support them in, you know, living your dreams, if you will. Right. But this dream of mine to be an entrepreneur is what has always driven me. So I decided to write this book. And the, the premise of the book is, most of us, when we think of being an entrepreneur, we think of one type of compensation, which is financial compensation. But did you know there are two other types of compensation each entrepreneur should receive? Did you know? Tell me about it. I'm going to tell you. The first compensation we should receive, in my judgment, is what I call spiritual compensation. And spiritual compensation arises from a belief that I'm fulfilling a divine purpose. So if I'm fulfilling this divine purpose as an entrepreneur, I know that my products and my services are contributing to humanity in some way. So that's the first type of compensation I believe we should have as entrepreneurs. Second compensation is emotional compensation, meaning when I provide a product or a service, I feel good about it. And when people buy my products or services, they feel good about it. So that's the emotional compensation. And last but not least is financial compensation. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with making lots and lots and lots of money. But financial compensation, in my judgment, should always come last. Because if you do the first two, I can assure you can, you can create as much revenue, as much cash as you want. But most of us are so focused on just trying to make money, we miss out on the other two most important compensations. I couldn't agree more. And of course, because the holidays are upon us and people are starting to, uh, of course, they look at the world around them today and things are a bit awry and they're re-examining life and what is life all about and why am I doing this? And yeah, I used to love doing this, but man, it turned into a job and you got to be careful because, you know, you, you turn your hobby into a job and guess what? After a while, the hobby goes away and the job is still there. And some people get sick and tired of it and then they've, they've lost their, their, their drive and so what, how do they revive that? And finding new purpose is really, you know, it's, it's a good revival. Yeah, and see, the good news is, 
Actually, actually, there's good news and bad news. The good news is it's never been easier to be an entrepreneur. The bad news is it's never been easy to be an entrepreneur <laughs> because it's so easy to do it, to start. You know, people get excited. They jump into it, but they don't understand the, the mechanics of how to run a business or the essence of what the business should be. Right. And that's why so many people are unhappy because they jump into entrepreneurship thinking only about making money. Right. They aren't thinking about purpose and passion and emotional compensation. So when we shift our mindset a little bit, again, we can have it all, if you will. But it begins, I believe, because, again, I used to be driven specifically by money. I wanted to make as much money as possible. Well, it wasn't until I lost absolutely everything that I came to the understanding of the old cliche, money can't buy you happiness. Right. But when we find purpose and passion in our businesses, then we express our creativity, we have meaning and fulfillment in our lives, and it's so much nicer being an entrepreneur. I couldn't agree more. And then would anybody believe that Michael Taylor wrote a book here, What If Jesus Were a Coach? That's his newest book. Was a former atheist. <laughs> it's interesting how we change in life, isn't it? Oh yeah. Again, I was so driven by money that I, in my little mind, I said, "You know, what do I need this God thing for?" Because when I grew up as a kid, I was forced to go to the Baptist church. Even as a kid, I completely disagreed with a lot of things that my mom said, my grandparents said, and the minister said because I had a ton of questions that nobody could answer. Well, again, I was an atheist for three years, and it was a conscious choice that I made. I simply decided there was no such thing, because I'm a huge science guy. I want you to give me facts. I want you to prove to me what's real. And so when I looked at it from that standpoint at the beginning, no one could convince me that this thing called God existed. Mm. But as mentioned, when I went through my divorce and bankruptcy and foreclosure, and I started doing some emotional healing work, and I kind of rationalized that. All of my issues could be resolved with psychology. But then when I healed those emotional traumas and I was happy with my life, that question came up, what's next? What, you know, what about this God thing? And then I said, you know what? I'm going to prove to myself that God doesn't exist. <laughs> wow. So I started researching all the major religions. I actually went to a Jewish synagogue, sat down and talked with a, a guy there. I went to a, a, a Buddhist temple. I talked to a guy there. I started asking these people all these different questions about why they believed what they believed. And then I had, I'll call it my miracle. <laughs> because during the darkest period of my life, I was sitting at home one night, and I was too depressed to sleep. And I was looking across the room at my bookshelf. When I looked, I happened to notice that every book on my bookshelf had something to do with getting rich and making money. Mm. And as I looked at those books, this question just popped in my head. Michael, what if you took all the energy and effort you've used in trying to get rich and simply figure out how to be happy? <laughs> now, in asking that question, that's when I stopped reading books on getting rich and making money. I started reading psychology, philosophy, and all of that. But then that question about God kept coming up. And I said, how does God fit? And that's when I went on this journey to prove that God didn't exist. All and right. then, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. i, I got to take a break. <laughs> I love okay. it. This is interesting. So the book we're leading to is What If Jesus Were a Coach, Life Coach. And um, I, I love where it's going because, well, listen, we're in the holidays. And what is the reason for the season? Yeah, you know. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, we're talking with Michael Taylor, uh, my brother from another mother. He is a coach, and he has a new book. He's not a coach like a sports coach. He's a business and life coach. Um, His new book is, What If Jesus Were a Coach? And a very, very fun, interesting conversation. Perfect for the season because Jesus is the reason for the season. But he was an atheist. And I had to cut you off because of a commercial break. My apologies, Michael. (laughs) You were at a cliffhanger. Where were you going with that? I can't remember where we were. Yeah, no, I was saying how, you know, I concluded that, you know, God didn't exist and I had gone to therapy and dealt with my emotional issues. And then I was asking myself a question about how does God fit in this whole equation and and how I had this miracle of, you know, waking up to the idea that there was something greater than myself. But in summary, the point that I wanted to make with this particular book is that there's so much negativity with religion, organized religion. Yeah. And most religions are what I'll call fear-based, and they they preach this whole message of fear. Well, during my journey of researching all these different religions, what I have come to understand that there's what I'll call a love-based theology, a love-based philosophy about God. And so, again, as a former atheist, I remember that I just couldn't understand, I couldn't get God to fit in my head, right? The ministers couldn't answer questions I had, and so when I went on this journey, so I just want somebody to answer some questions for me. So what I came to the conclusion is that I define God as the divine energy and intelligence that created and is still creating this amazing universe that we live in. Right. And every human being has direct access to that divine intelligence. Now, we have different paths to get there. They're called religions. I believe all religions originate from the same source and lead to the same place. But it is a very personal and private journey that everyone must go on. And so what I wanted to do with this particular book is to say, what if you removed all the religious dogma and doctrine around the teachings of Jesus and looked at it strictly from the standpoint of a life coach? And what did he teach? What did Jesus teach? And so basically throughout the book, it's filled with a lot of scriptures that I give my interpretation of those scriptures and how I apply them to put my life back on track and how I could, you know, be an entrepreneur and chase my dreams. So a religion is just an interpretation of the religious story, but it's really a powerful, positive approach to God and Jesus' teaching. You know what? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And the thing is, our country is under, I believe, well, it's trying to be under a bit of a revival right now because we've kind of lost our way. And I think everybody knows that. And, you know, we're supposed to be one nation under God. And we have such a division. I noticed your other books here. Adversity is your greatest ally. And another one, the good news is the future is brighter than you think. You've got some very intriguing books here. Shattering Black Male Stereotypes. That's also a podcast that you do. You have definitely been, you know, as they say, fortune favors the bold. You've been bold in your writings, and I personally applaud you for that. Good job. Well, my friends gave me a nickname, yeah. and they call me they call me Michael Happy-Ass Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because of my optimism. <laughs> now, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I've experienced probably every major adversity a human being can go through. And yet I still have this amazing sense of op- optimism. And from my perspective, 
I personally believe there's never been a better time to be alive on the planet than right now. Now, without question, there are challenges. It's pretty obvious. Turn on the television, you'll see them. But again, if you will accept my idea that there is a divine intelligence that permeates this universe, and when we learn how to connect to that divine intelligence, then nothing is impossible for us. We can live our dreams. We can have passion and purpose in our lives. But I believe it's imperative for us to make that connection without being attached to organized religion. Those are some heavy things to say for a lot of people, uncomfortable things to hear for some people, I, but only because Absolutely. of our upbringing and stuff. All right, hold tight. I got the right song for this. Let me just make sure I play it. It's, uh, it's called Hey Brother. Um, so <laughs> this is just too good. We'll take a little break and come back with my brother from another mother, Michael Taylor. Stay with us. Hey, sister. Know the water sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Are you paying too much for business insurance? Do you have critical gaps in your coverage? Entrepreneur Insurance can help you find out. In 6 out of 10 policies, business owners are paying too much for property, general liability, or workers' comp insurance. Entrepreneur Insurance can help you identify ways to save and any gaps in coverage. Head to entrepreneur.com insurance to complete the questionnaire and get a personalized quote. It's an easy way to find out if you're paying too much. Again, that's entrepreneur.com insurance. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. So many people are afraid to talk about the spiritual side of our lives when it comes to the business world. Entrepreneurs are unafraid to speak about this because they are authentic. And I that's what I love about dealing with entrepreneur people is uh, entrepreneurial people is that they're they're very very authentic they go through phases in their lives where they're not sure who they are and all that but then you know life happens to them like our guest today michael taylor who is a successful entrepreneur at a young age like i was who was an atheist for a short time but all all roads kind of point to one place in the end and don't you want to finish well and so Michael, on his 25-year researching major religions of the world, has come to some conclusions, and he's shared them in a lot of different books here. The one that we called to talk about was, what if Jesus were a coach? But he's got books of all different kinds, and the one I want to talk about next is, the good news is, the future is brighter than you think. But Michael, when you watch the news and you see what is going on and the battle between good and evil and right and wrong and he said, she said and black versus white and, and all the different things and, you know, and my God, it can really get the head spinning. It's hard sometimes to find your way in kind of the darkness that is being created in our world today. There's a lot of, of darkness. You know, it's interesting because in no way do I want to deny nor minimize the challenges that the world is facing? But if you'll, once again, buy into my idea 
that there is this divine intelligence that permeates the universe. And we all have access to that intelligence. And when we tap into that intelligence and figure out how we can access our unique gifts and talents to make the world a better place, then we have purpose. And so when you look at all the challenges, the question we have to ask ourselves is, as an entrepreneur, every challenge is a great opportunity for a business. Yeah. So if you look at all the negativity out there, for example, let's talk about race relations real quick. Most people will assume that race relations are getting worse. Now, as a man who happens to be black, who's dealt with every imaginable type of racism, I don't believe that. I don't believe race relations are getting worse. I believe we have a media that loves to focus on sensationalism and negativity, yeah. and so they're going to really hype the stories about race. But overall, if you look at how far this country has come, in my short 61 years of life on this planet, it's amazing to me that we can't see the progress that we've made. Now, right. are there still challenges? Of course there are. But if we look at it collectively, as a species, human beings are still evolving. And as human beings evolve, they're evolving in consciousness and understanding. And I believe, as an optimist, that eventually, and it probably won't happen in my lifetime, but eventually we'll get to a place where we recognize that as human beings, we're all the same. So when I wrote the book, The Good News Is The Future Is Brighter Than You Think, Basically, I talk about why and some statistics to show why race relations aren't really getting worse. I have a lot of facts about science that are showing how we're actually progressing in so many positive ways that everyone should be excited about the future, despite all the negative stuff out there. So my goal as a coach is the, one of the first things I coach people on doing is to limit or minimize or eliminate the amount of negative news they allow in their consciousness because that's what creates most of the problems. And now let me throw this out for the entrepreneurs out okay. there because as an entrepreneur, it's important that we get in what I call flow. We've all heard the term flow. When yep. you talk about athletes, you know, you see an athlete that gets in the zone and they're just amazing. You know, it's just like they lose track of time and they do these amazing things. Right. Well, every entrepreneur has access to flow. How do you get there? Well, I'm a firm proponent of meditation. Yep. Because meditation can get you in the flow. So as a writer, I've written one book per year for the past seven years. Woo! Okay, How do I do that? I can now automatically put my mind in a state of flow because of my meditation practice that I've been doing for the past 30 years. Beautiful. So it's a tool. It's a tool that every entrepreneur has access to if they're willing to tap into it. Right. And so that's the thing that I think as entrepreneurs we need to look at. I would agree, and I would say after interviewing, oh, I don't know, a couple of thousand entrepreneurs, meditation's a big one. Uh, you can find Absolutely. out more about Michael Taylor at Michael Taylor, let's see, coachmichaeltaylor.com. We are out of time, Michael. God bless you, brother. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, brother. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon. What If Jesus Were a Coach? That's his book. Check it out online. I'm Alan Taylor. We'll see you next week right here on Entrepreneur Weekly. And I've got those feelings again. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated.